The heart of every man craves a great adventure, but life doesn't usually feel that way. Jesus speaks of narrow gates and wide roads, but the masculine journey is filled with many twists and turns. So how do we keep from losing heart while trying to find the good way when life feels more like a losing battle than something worth dying for? Grab your gear and come on a quest with your band of brothers who will serve as the guides in what we call the masculine journey. The masculine journey starts here now. Welcome to Masculine Journey. We are very glad to have you with us today, and I'm really excited about today's movie. Yeah. Yeah, I'm <laughs> really, really excited about today's movie. It's a first. I've never seen anybody interview themselves, but I'm very excited about you doing that today. So. Well, you can think that <laughs> if you'd like, but I'm going to tend to ask you guys some questions. I'm sure you'll ask me some back, but this is my week uh, to, to bring a movie to the table. And so, But before I do that and talk about this week's movie, Robbie, can you remind us of some of the past movies that we had? Yes, well, we had my my favorite was Lincoln. Lincoln. Then we went to yours, then Princess Bride. Princess you know, Bride. just a little bit different. <laughs> Lincoln, <laughs> Princess Bride. Yeah, both, they was, both have their merit. Yeah, and then Point and Shoot was the next. Was you know just a lot like Princess Bride. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Same makers. It was definitely an adventure. <laughs> and then last week we had on Andy's favorite movie, which was Unbroken. Right, and you know. So there's quite a variety, and we're going to add to that variety today, aren't we? We are. We are. I, I really struggled with, with what to pick. You know, I mean, I, I have so many movies that if someone asked me to name my top three, it depends on what moment it is. You know, I think it's the same for you guys. It, mm. it depends where I'm kind of at right now personally in life. You know, what's going on in my life, you know, maybe uh, at work, outside of work, at home, whatever that might look like, spiritually, personally, any of those things. Yeah, you got to kind of go up 10,000 feet and say why are we doing this you yeah. know and and we at boot camp you know one of the early questions on when we we're talking about the core desires of a man's heart how god made your heart to come alive that in a lot of ways movies can wake up a man to an adventure that he's wanting to live that he is not living right or god's reminding him of something that he may have told him early on and he's forgot somehow right you know and so uh, the movies that you know I kind of thought about i i kind of settled in with what's a movie i always watch every time it's on you know that to me that's a measurement of how much i really really enjoy a movie is no matter where i pick it up if i see it on tv am i going to turn to it and while i stay with it the rest of the thing even through all the commercials that i can't stand oh yeah. you know and so uh, i know they're important i know we got to have them but uh especially this time of year yeah it's, there's it's, a lot of people being elected Yes, that's a very challenging time. <laughs> um, but anyway, the movie, just to get to the point, was a movie called Secondhand Lions. And so I know we've all seen it, sitting at the table, and actually everybody in the room's seen it today. There's there's six of us in the room. You'll hear from four of us today. And it's been, a, I think, a monumental movie for all of us in one way or another, hasn't it, Jim? Oh, it's one of my all-time favorites. In fact, I actually considered it, but you guys sort of shamed me into sticking <laughs> with my favorite but uh, I love the movie. Seen it probably a dozen times. Yeah, I, it came to me from uh, a point where I really, honestly, didn't want to watch it. I didn't have a desire to watch it. But I was running a Wild of Heart group in Indiana, and one of the guys that I thought was getting not getting anything out of the whole sessions we were having, you know, because I was being, I guess, judgmental. Um, he came in. He said, "I got the movie. You guys have to watch." And so he badgered me the next week. Have you seen it yet? So I went home and watched it, and it was an amazing, amazing movie, Secondhand Lions, and it's 
it's got everything in it. It's got the whole elements of the things that we talk about, the masculine journey uh, of the story that God tells. And But we're first going to start out by hearing the trailer, which will really set up really what the movie's about. But one scene that you don't really get to see very easily because you're hearing it is when they're shooting the shotgun, most of the time except for once in this trailer, they're shooting at salesmen. They're to come down the road. The other time, they're shooting at fish in the water. That's how they do their fishing. So let's listen to the trailer. Leave us alone. The last thing we need is some little sissy boy hanging around all summer. Nice doggy. Go play. Take him to the orphanage right this minute. Whether we take him to the orphanage or tie him up and throw him in the lake, it's our business, not yours. For Walter, spending the summer with his uncles was the last place he wanted to be. Gentlemen, do you worry about the future? The Mississippi Mutual Insurance Company. <laughs> he was stuck in the middle of nowhere. You sleep up there. We don't know nothing about kids. If we kick off in the middle of the night, you're on your own. With two crazy old men. There he is! And nothing to do. Is it okay if I go inside and watch television? Ain't got one. No television? Hey! No TV. But sometimes you can find adventure in the most unlikely places. They say these two old men got millions stashed away. Nobody knows where they got it. They stole They're bank robbers from the 20s and 30s. You two disappeared for 40 years. Where were you? You know what I don't like about house guests? Dinner table chit chat, chit chat. New Line Cinema presents... Who do you think you are, huh? Hub McCann. I fought in two world wars and killed many men and loved only one woman. Why aren't you helping him? Hub always holds the bad guys. Michael Caine. This was the best idea you ever had. You bought a used line? It's defective. Can I keep him? <laughs> Robert Duvall. Those stories are true, aren't they? Sometimes the things that may or may not be true are the things that a man needs to believe in the most. Oh. Haley Joel Osmond. If I'm going to live here, there's going to be some conditions. Conditions? No more dangerous stuff. No fighting teenagers, no airplanes, more vegetables. Make a live to be a hundred. You live to be a hundred. Less meat. All right. It's a barbecue. You expect us to die of old age? Secondhand Lions. Directed by Tim McCandless. Now, Harold, you, the first time you ever saw this was actually at a boot camp, correct? Yeah, yeah, it was. So what was it about this movie that really kind of spoke to your heart that made you enjoy it so much? I just love the fact that they are who they are. No pretense. What you see is what you get. And being a, an old codger myself, I kind of like to be that way <laughs> as much as I can. Not... Not to be unkind or ugly necessarily, but I don't. I never have liked people that put on. Yeah, it. You definitely get to see in these guys, and I think what draws people to them is they just they don't pose. You know, we, we talk about this. We talk about this whole concept of posing. That's not in Garth or Hub's vocabulary. That word, you know. So they yeah. are exactly who they are. Yeah, that that's that was the thing that I just fell in love with that movie the first time I saw it. I just think it's one of the best movies around. Well, and here you have two old older guys, the uncles, that uh, reluctantly have somebody come into their life that they really are not looking forward to. 
right? You know, very early on at the very first part of the clip, he's like, we don't need a sissy boy, you know, here because, you know, this, this kid's never been on a farm. He's never been out in the country. He's never shot guns or anything like that. And so, you know, he's actually grown up without his father in his life, you know, and his mother's not been anything very kind to him along the way. He's got some real mother wounds, which we don't really get in any of the clips today, but, you know, she kind of just dumps him off with these, these two great uncles that he's never met before, you know, so she can pursue things that she wants to go do in life. And, and so you definitely have this mother wound aspect. And then you have these, these older guys that, that start to bring Walter's heart alive and then vice versa. Right. But early on in the movie, when we get to the second clip is Walter is there and he's like, I can't take this anymore. I'm just going to run away. And where we pick up this clip, he's ran to a bus stop and he's found out that his mom is not where she said she was going to be at this typewriter school in Fort, Fort Worth, Texas, I think it is. And, and so he calls there and she's not there. And so he's just kind of sitting dejected when, when Hub and, and uh, Garth come up to, to find him at the bus stop. Hub, come on. No, no, you, not me, no. Hub, get out of the car. Planning your next move? Where do you figure I'm going? Here. Here you go, 406. Montana. How come you're you're not heading to uh, Fort Worth where your mama is? She's not there. She lied. Again. Listen, kid, uh, we know you got your heart set on going to Montana, but uh, it's late. Hub, help me out here. Why? Sounds like his mind's made up. Good luck in Montana, kids. <laughs> we got better maps than that one at the house, right, Hub? Yeah, man, needs a good map, that's for sure. Sure. I've been to the orphan home before. I don't want to go back. Kid, it ain't our fault you got a lousy mother. Guess I should get going. Which way is north? Uh, listen, kid, uh, do us a favor. If you come back to the house and stay a while, why, our relatives are gonna hate it. I, I bet they hate it so much, they go away and leave us all alone. Crazy enough, it just might work. Sure. Come on, kid. Help us out here. Guess I could come back for a while. Seeing it's so important. Now, Robbie, we've never really used that clip before. I mean, we've used clips from this movie in a variety of ways. We use it at boot camp a lot in different talks sometimes, depending on the season that we're in but what was this about this clip that really spoke to your heart what's well, the rescue yeah and it, 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 <laughs> you know hub ain't the great rescuer in the particular <laughs> good luck in montana <laughs> yeah, but but nonetheless you know i it's fascinating to me and i'm like harold i had never seen the movie until i you know started walking in this message and, and understanding really where it came from. And so there's so much that's so meaningful in that 
clip because I understand that these guys are thinking they're rescuing the kid. They don't realize the kid is rescuing them. Yeah, God's using the whole situation for a whole lot of rescuing going on. Oh, yeah. You know, One of the it, things that I see in it is they're becoming a band of brothers. Mm-hmm. And when when you have a band of brothers, that's a very important thing. I have really been missing not being with you guys for the last basically three months. Mm-hmm. And that was why I wanted to be here so bad tonight. It's important to have a band of brothers. Yeah, and we're very grateful to have you back. It has been a long three months without you. And, um we got so much to talk about about this movie. We won't cover it all. It's such an amazing movie, and it's one of those movies that's really, truly family-friendly. So oh, you yeah. can watch it. A lot of the ones we use aren't necessarily, but it's one of the ones we use at boot camp. And speaking of boot camp, we got coming one coming up November 1st through 4th. Go to MasculineJourneyRadio.org to register now. Hi, this is Sam with Masculine Journey. I'm here with my son, Eli. We're going to talk about ways that you can help support the ministry. One way you can go to smile.amazon.com. There's information on our website there on how to do that. Then you can go to facebook.com where you can click the donate button. Or you can go to masculinejourneyradio.org. Once again, look for the donate button. Or if you want to mail something in, mail it to PO Box 550, Kernersville, North Carolina, 27285. I am William Wallace, and I see a whole army of my countrymen here in defiance of tyranny. God has set within each of us a masculine heart. Why? Why did he give you that heart? And what does the Christian life have to do with any of that? Come join Masculine Journey Radio for a boot camp, November the 1st through the 4th, based on John Eldridge's book, Wild at Heart. And when might that be again? That's a great question, Tiny Jim. November the 1st through the 4th. Go to MasculineJourneyRadio.org. This was a. Uh, this is from the movie Secondhand Lions. It's such an amazing movie. Uh, you know, I have to. I have a. I hate to admit this, but it took about the third time me watching it to realize why they called it Secondhand Lions. <laughs> you know, I mean, I got the fact that there was the one lion, right? But they called it Secondhand Lions plural, right? Right. You know, and it made me realize that you know everybody in the story, everybody in our story, have the time that we're secondhand. Right, that something happened to us, that somebody abandoned us, or life's kind of forgotten us by, or we think we've outlived our usefulness. Right, we kind of fall into that point where we think we're just kind of in a second-hand position. You know, and God uses just the lion and the pig and everything in this story to really kind of bring back to the the forefront that oh no, you're not second-hand, or you may be, but you're first-hand in my eyes. As a used car salesman, let me clarify for you, it's. Previously enjoyed. <laughs> Previously enjoyed lions. That's the, that's a new topic for this. And and you kept referring to the two older men, and you'd look over here at Harold and I for some reason, but we do have the old men here today. Yeah. But uh, this is also about the stages of the masculine journey, mm-hmm. and they are called out to. I mean, they are just basically feeling useless sitting at home and. That was his reference to the secondhand lions. It was not just the used lion, tired old used lion. It was the tired old used up men that were brought to life by having a purpose, which was leading their grand nephew in uh, the masculine journey. And what was really kind of cool about this is you get to see through the story everybody's heart come alive. 
Walter comes from this really skittish kid to a very confident young man right. throughout the story, all through the love of two uncles that bring him into this journey and speak to him. And, and one of those scenes in which he really gets to see the uncle's heart is in a, uh, in a fight scene, ironically, where he's going after the heart of younger men. And so at this barbecue joint, you know, Hubs had a heart attack. And they're literally <laughs> on their way home. And they go to this barbecue joint instead of turning off to go home. And a couple, uh, about five young guys come in, four or five young guys come in, and want to start messing with him with his barbecue. Want to listen to kind of how that plays out. Brother, someday you're going to have to start acting your age. Let <laughs> me. All your life, you've never been frightened of anything. So what's eating at you now? Getting old? Dying? No. What then? Being useless. When we were young, there was always a reason, there was a point. Things made sense. Now there's no point to anything. So what do we do? We garden. We outlived our time. Hey, old man. How's that barbecue? Give me some. We're busy. Boy, get lost, all right? <laughs> what did you say? Here's a perfect example of what I've been talking about. He's been given everything but discipline. And now his idea of courage and manhood is to get together with a bunch of punk friends and ride around irritating folks too good-natured to put a stop to it. Hey, who do you think you are, huh? Just dumb kids, huh? Don't kill him. Hub McCann. I fought in two world wars and countless smaller ones on three continents. I led thousands of men into battle with everything from horses and swords to artillery and tanks. I've seen the headwaters of the Nile and tribes the natives no white man had ever seen before. I've won and lost a dozen fortunes, killed many men, and loved only one woman with a passion a flea like you could never begin to understand. That's who I am. Now, Jim, I think this is one of your favorite scenes from the movie. I mean, I was going to come back to Robbie, and then I thought, I remember Jim saying this is one of his favorite scenes, I think. I could watch this scene ten times a day and not grow tired of it. And it really is a, and what you're not seeing, because this is radio, is all during this speech, he's got the guy in a hole that he can't move. <laughs> so this young kid who was pushing him around is now subdued. But a big part of this is that they have lived their lives, and they are, as Harold said earlier, you know, they're what you see is what you get. And they are encountering and teaching for young posers that think bravery is harassing an old man and what you don't get from this clip is there's a whole lot of pieces because we, we added it down for radio of where hubs actually giving him advice at first the, the kid comes at him with a knife up high like he's going to stab him with it you know on a downward thrust and he takes it away from him and throws it back to him <laughs> says no you do it like this son and then he proceeds to beat the snot out of him again when he comes at it so but i, I you know for those of us who see the identity piece of this you know it's not unlike maximus and gladiator when it comes down to he's going to state his identity the ir irony in this scene is two minutes before the fight he didn't know who he was it's useless whatever and then all of a sudden boy out comes his identity and he, and he clearly knows exactly who he is 
and you know that passion to come after the heart of a beauty you know that he talked about the love of a woman that plays throughout the throughout the movie even though you never see the woman you definitely see him you know rescuing the beauty throughout the thing and what you find in this is it's not just any type of fight yeah as you learn about hub he loves to mentor mentor younger kids right and so even in this where he's you know beating this kid up you know the scene after this he takes him home and you know, kind of has this big conversation with him, tells him about being men, but it's he's fighting for the hearts of others, and it brings his heart alive and reminds him of his identity. Right. You know, because he's no longer living in that that small story. You know, I think we talked about that before the show that that Andy, you know, you were aren't up here talking right now, but you know that they live the beginning of their life in the larger story. You know, in this movie, it was all about the larger story, fighting for the hearts of others, fighting for freedom. And then something comes along and rips Hub's heart out, you know, losing his, his wife. And, you know, he starts to live in the small story and his, his uselessness comes to him and all these things the enemy's thrown at him. And then all of a sudden, you know, he's brought back into the large story again, you know, and which is pretty clear. And that's where God kind of brings Walter, at least the way we look at it, into his life and, and orchestrates this whole uh, divine conspiracy to go after all their hearts at one time. Moving along in the story, uh, you know, Hub continues to feel useless. And so Walter, what, what's happening is every night, Hub sleepwalks. And he goes out to the lake and he's looking for Jasmine, which was his wife. And, and Walter's really wanting to have a conversation with him. So he wakes him up out of his sleep. And this conversation pursue, or ensues coming from it. Those stories about Africa, about you. They're true, aren't they? Doesn't matter. It does, too. Around my mom, all I hear is lies. I don't know what to believe in. If you want to believe in something, then believe in it. Just because something isn't true, that's no reason you can't believe in it. The long speech I give to young men sounds like you need to hear a piece of it. Sometimes the things that may or may not be true are the things that a man needs to believe in the most. The people are basically good. That honor, courage, and virtue mean everything. The power and money, money and power mean nothing that good always triumphs over evil true love never dies doesn't matter if it's true or not you see man should believe in those things because those are the things worth believing in got that that was a good speech think so thanks when are you going to give me the rest of the speech you're almost a man you promise wait one minute here wait i can't be a good man until you give me the rest of the speech right so you need to stick around until I'm old enough to hear the whole thing. I see what you're trying to pull here. No, you have to stick around no, until I'm write, old I'll enough to hear down. the speech. No, I, I'd want you to give me the speech. You won't be living here then. You're my uncle. I need you to stick around and be my uncle. What about Uncle Garth? He needs you. And what about the dogs and, and, and the pig and the lion? We all need you. I need you. You're just being silly. No, it's true. It's true. So, Robbie, we we cut out a part of that clip that's really pretty vital. You know what happens right after he tells him he's being silly? Yeah, he 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 finally caves, and he says, "You know, all right, I'll be your uncle, and 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 I will be who who I need to be." And he, and he, then they hug, and you know he's got the blanket. Though you know, if you've ever seen the movie, it you know it's definitely one that's going to make you cry makes me cry to hear it to even think about it but you know the clear 
thing that has happened is what Harold brought out at the beginning is that these guys have become a community mm-hmm. and, and, and these guys, you know, God has rescued them um, into a place of family, which, you know, how beautiful is that? Not only are they a band of brothers, but you know, they're a family. Yeah. And they, and all the adversity that comes their way just brings them closer and closer and closer together. And, and the, the, what you hear in this clip is really, Hub, who's had this hardened heart that no one can really get at because he's closed off. I mean, he lets his brother Garth get in there, you know, through some looks and some things he says to him, but it really takes Walter coming along in his life to really get the rest of that wall down. And he says, you know, fine, I'll stick around and be your uncle, but don't expect me to be happy about it. You know, he still kind (laughs) of keeps that wall up a little bit, but, you know, and then he he hugs him and pats him on the back and says, you know, you're a good boy. And that stage... I did not really understand the the value of older men until I, we started to learn about the stages of the masculine journey, and that and so many older men are where he, you know Hub is. You you literally have to call them out in order to get them to come speak into your life with the experiences and the things that they know with walking with God in a long way that that younger men you know we need to know that stuff. Not that I'm all that younger, but I still need to know that stuff. Well, yeah, there's still people older than you, Robbie. So we we do have that a little bit. And a lot of the things we've been talking about today are the things we talk about on other shows. And we definitely go through at a boot camp and we talk about, you know, the stages of the masculine journey and why it's so important that we get these certain things at each stage. And what was really cool about this movie is you kind of get to see it unfold. You know, really get to see the impact of someone in their life to lead Walter through the journey. Right. And it's pretty cool that when we can look back and see where others of God's put in our life to help us through it. To me, one of the interesting things is that uh, Walter is bringing back the love that was lost when he lost Jasmine. He hasn't known what love was since then until now. Absolutely. Now, we've got a little over a minute here. So quickly, what was your favorite thing that came out of this movie robbie what was it if you had one word what would you say that or two words that would be your favorite thing purpose purpose you know any age Mm -hmm. what god has saving men's hearts saving men's hearts harold do you have something i just I, i like the way that these older guys change and adapt to this young boy and see a need that he has that they can fulfill and so they do and what I see is just love abounding, you know, all the way through it. Go to MasculineJourneyRadio.org to register for the boot camp that's coming up. I know God's got some amazing things he wants to do there for you, for us, and everybody coming. Go register now.